Jeremiah chapter number one. And again, I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity to preach, but I do encourage you, uh, to, to come back, come back soon. Uh, one, one service for when our pastor is here and, um, very thankful that, uh, just, just able to be in a church that sees the need for biblical preaching. And, um, the world is changing. The world is changing quickly, it seems. Um, and I think that as we open even the book of Jeremiah this morning, that this book, maybe, maybe even compared to many of the Old Testament books, we know that all of the Word of God is for us, for us today, that it is relevant. But this book, especially the book of Jeremiah, seems to be one of the most re- relevant for our generation. As we look at the time in history that Jeremiah was dealing with, and as we consider what was happening in Jerusalem and in Judah at the time that, that he was ministering as a prophet. Now, he ministered for, for quite some time, but over, over 2,500 years ago, he would have been uh, speaking and preaching. He would have been uh, prophesying to the children of Israel. But the nation that he was ministering amongst I believe was very similar to the nation that you and I live in today. It was a nation that was a wicked nation. In fact, the wickedness in Jeremiah's time, I think, would be very parallel to the wickedness that we see in our time. We see in, in his day the idolatry. And, and the, it was said that almost every high and hill in, 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 in Jerusalem there was green trees where people were wandering and, and, and sacrificing to idols. Jeremiah 2 verse 20, For of old time I have broken thy yoke and burst thy bands, and thou saidst, I will not transgress, when upon every high hill and under every green tree thou wanderest, notice what it says, playing the harlot. Interesting, this seems to be very similar Every street corner, everywhere you turn, we find the wickedness of this world. In fact, you can go, just, just yesterday we were out in the open air and the wickedness was right in front of us. People shouting uh, profane words as we stood to speak the Word of God. People walking by in drunkenness with a bottle in their hand. The wickedness is amongst us. Very similar to, to Jeremiah's day. Fornication, child sacrifice. You think of our own world and the adultery that is rampant in our generation. The, the, the sexual revolution that runs throughout the hearts and minds of the people of our day. You think of the, the rates of abortion, child sacrifice for the idols of this world, for how I feel. This is our generation. The pleasures of this world. Is it not? This is where we live. And Jeremiah was living in a day very similar. It's very quick for us. It's very easy for us to to look amongst the world of Judah. To look in the day of Jeremiah and to point fingers. and, And it's easy for us to look in the world around us. But let us be careful not to forget that such were some of us. Many of us were very similar. Many of us still have like passions running within our own hearts. 
In 1 Corinthians it says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. But what's amazing about Jeremiah's day and what's amazing about our day is that amidst the wickedness of Judah, amidst the depravity in Jerusalem, God was gracious. God was merciful to raise up a messenger. To raise up a man who would come and bring a message. And the message that he brought was brought through words. Now you say, well, isn't that how messages are brought? Well, there are a lot of photo messages and different things like that today. But it was a very specific message. It was a message of words, but not a message of man's words. Not the words of a mere human, but the divine Word of God. The Word that Jeremiah brought was not his own idea, not his own opinion, not his own thoughts about what was going on in Jerusalem and in Judah of that day. The Word that Jeremiah brought was the divine Word of God. Notice what it says in Jeremiah 5.14. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, because ye speak this word, behold, I will make my words in thy mouth fire. And this people would, and it shall devour them. It was the word of God in the mouth of Jeremiah, it was fire. It was come to, to, to consume, to devour. Jeremiah in, in chapter number 1, verse 9, a very similar thing. Then the, the Lord put forth His hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. You know, as we look, this really is the theme of Jeremiah. Notice what it says in verse number 1 of chapter number 1. Jeremiah 1.1 1, 1. The words of Jeremiah. The words of a man, right? The son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came. In the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. The words of Jeremiah to whom the word of the Lord came. Can I tell you the message for a wicked generation, for this wicked generation, was not and is not a message for man and woman. It's not a, a battle of politics or a fight for human rights. It's not a march to save the planet. It is a message from the word of God. A word of warning. A word of pleading, pleading for the souls of man to seek the face of God. This is the message. This is the Word that our generation needs. It is not our opinions. It is not our politics. It is not what makes us feel warm and cozy inside. It is the Word of God. A divine Word. A Word that is higher than our Word. And this truly is the theme of this book. The Word of God and the words of Jeremiah. We could say the prophet's voice for the sovereign judgments of God. See, what was happening in Jeremiah's day, what was happening in the days of Jerusalem around 600 B.C., right before the fall of Jerusalem, was there were many people 
who are standing to preach. Many people who are, who are sharing those great swelling words of vanity. They had plenty to say, but they were not the words of God. If you look in Jeremiah 23, the, the Lord speaks quite harshly to this effect. In Jeremiah 23, Woe be to the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Verse number 2 of chapter 23. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. Verse number 16 of chapter 23. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. How many pastors, we could say shepherds of the people, leaders of this world, not only in churches, but but in the political realm, and in the, the social justice world, and all that's going on on the media, on the news, how many people stand and speak their own visions, their own words, and neglect the Word of God? I hope that's not us. I hope not a single one of us in this tent would ever stand to speak an empty word of your own imagination and neglect the Word of God. That's what he said. Ye have scattered and ye speak a vision of their own hearts. And so this morning I call your attention specifically to the Word of the Lord. Notice what it says in Jeremiah 1, verse number 2. To whom the Word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. Verse number 4 of the same chapter. Then the Word of the Lord came unto me. Verse number 11, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me. Verse number 13, And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time. This specific phrase mentioned four times here, but as you read, you can see that there are many more references to the speaking of the Lord. At verse number 16, I will utter, the Lord said. Verse number 15, I will call. Verse number 14, then the Lord said unto me. Verse number 12, the war, the, the, then said the Lord unto me. You see here that God is speaking. And we're not speaking about uh, mere, mere human words. We're speaking about divine revelation through the Word of God. A spoken word. A written word. And, and what's amazing about this is this spoken word of Jeremiah, this written word, of Jeremiah is the same Word of God that you and I are able to hear and to hold and to read and to study today. And I wonder, has the Word of God worked in your life? Have you listened to it? To the spoken and written Word? See, God God has obviously and and, and naturally, or, or we could say generally revealed Himself to all mankind. You can read Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 2 and it, it speaks about how God has revealed Himself through creation and how God has revealed Himself through conscience. He has, he has written on our hearts a law. The Scriptures say in Romans 1.20 that because 
God has revealed Himself in this way that we are without excuse. But God didn't stop there. He didn't stop only through through special, or, or I'm sorry, through general revelation, through natural revelation. He went farther and has specially, specifically, has spiritually revealed Himself to us through the divine Word of the Lord. And that's the Word of God. What a shame that we as Christians, calling ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, would neglect the Word of God. We would stop our ears. We would not listen to this truth. It is an inspired Word. It's an authoritative Word. An inerrant Word. An infallible Word. A sufficient Word. A perfect and preserved Word. The Word of the Lord. It is like no other book in human history. No other book is alive like the Word of God. I wonder, has this Word spoken to you? Notice a few things in Jeremiah chapter number 1 that specifically I believe the Word of God reveals to us about the Word of the Lord. In verse number 4, it says this, Then the Word of the Lord came unto me. The Word of the Lord, first of all, is personal. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. What a thought. The Word of the Lord, Jeremiah said, came unto me. Can I tell you something? The Word of the Lord has not come only to Jeremiah. In fact, the reason we have this book today is because the Word of the Lord is for you. It doesn't matter where you're from, what language you speak. The Word of the Lord, God's Word, is for you. I wonder, have you heard it? Have you listened to it? It is clearly, and and in Jeremiah 1, you can clearly see that God is speaking to an individual. Now, He speaks to a nation. He speaks specifically to Jerusalem. He speaks specifically to Judah. But He speaks very specifically to an individual. He says, I, God, formed thee, Jeremiah. Verse number 5. I, God, knew thee, Jeremiah. Verse number 5 again. I, God, sanctified thee. I, God, ordained thee. God was very specifically, very personally, very intimately speaking to Jeremiah. And I believe with all of my heart this morning that God wants to speak to you in that same personal way. Now God, I don't know, God may, but God probably hasn't called all of us the way He called Jeremiah. Called Jeremiah specifically to be a prophet in in the days of of Jerusalem and in the days of, of the Babylonian attacks there between 627 to 586 B.C. And and God was speaking very specifically to him, but God is speaking very specifically to you today too. The problem is, we don't listen very well. If you go to the streets and you you stand on the box, you've been there, many of you, before, and and you know what it's like to to stand and step in front of somebody and say, a Christian leaflet, and oh, how quickly people scoff. They roll their eyes. They tell you they don't need that. They tell you they're an atheist. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's not a good thing. 
But it's a true thing. This is the Word of God for us. It's a personal Word. It's an intimate Word. John chapter 20 speaks to the same effect. John was was writing the book of John. And he says this in John chapter 20, verse number 30, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. Quite, quite an understandable thought that Jesus Christ in, in His 33 years of life did a lot of other things that are not recorded specifically in the book of John, but obviously in the whole Bible. God, God Jesus Christ, when He was on this earth, did other, other things that we don't know about. But he says this in verse number 31, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. Can I tell you why God's Word is written? Can I tell you why we have 66 books? an Old and a New Testament, why we have it today translated into the English that we might understand and and, and into other languages that those also might understand. These are written, why? That you might believe. And that believing you might have life through His name. The Word of God has come and is preserved for us today that you personally individually, intimately, might know your Creator God. I wonder, is the Word of God personal to you? Is the Word of the Lord speaking to your heart? God had a plan and a purpose for Jeremiah's life, and He has one for you. And I don't know what it is specifically, but I know that it begins with hearing the Word of the Lord. Romans says that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. I wondered, are you listening today? Are you? Whatever your name be, are you listening to God's Word today? Not only is the Word of God personal, Jeremiah chapter 1, He spoke very personally from from really from verse number 4 to verse number 10, and he describes exactly what he wanted to do in, in Jeremiah's life. And, and, and I, we don't have the time at the, uh, today to look at all that is in those verses. All that Jeremiah's specific call uh, came with it. But we do know that God had a plan for his life. God's Word, the Word of the Lord is personal. Notice secondly that the, the Word of the Lord is performed. Now, I understand that's probably not the best word to use. We could say that the word of the Lord is accomplished. But notice what I mean in verse number 11 and 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word, notice what it says, to perform it. God said, I will hasten my word to perform it. What is God saying? God is saying that what I say will happen. His promises are fulfilled. What God says is accomplished. We could say it this way, you know, man's word often fails, but the word of the Lord is true. It stands 
If God says He's going to do something, guess what? He does it. He, he doesn't just talk the talk. God walks the walk. God accomplishes what He's saying. He's not like us. Our words fail. Maybe your husband or your wife has promised you something and they failed you. Don't be surprised. They're only human. Don't hold it against them forever. But God does not fail. God does not uh, fail to achieve what He has said. His yea is yea and His nay is nay. He says specifically, there's a picture here given the word of the Lord, verse number 11, came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And so the Lord gave Jeremiah a, a, a vision. And Jeremiah says, I see a rod of an almond tree. God compliments him. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast seen well. That's, that's a good thing. God, God says, you're understanding what I'm showing you. But what does this mean that he's seen a rod of an almond tree. The rod, no doubt, is a picture of correction. A picture of judgment that was coming. But the almond tree is what gets us. What does this mean? And uh, the almond tree, now I had to study this. You know, I don't really know much about trees, especially almond trees. I'm not much of a nut guy, but whatever. That's a, another fact. But he says, the rod of an almond tree. The almond tree, from what I read, never experienced it myself, is the first to bloom. It blossoms before all the others. They say that it blooms, begins to bloom even before the leaves begin to grow in, in early January, uh, or, or late January, early February. It's a, uh, the Hebrew people of this day in Jeremiah's day often called it the hasty tree. It's interesting that we call it the hasty tree, the, the ready, the quick tree. And notice what God says, for I will hasten my word to perform it. God makes this, this very clear that His Word that, that He was going to accomplish was coming quickly. Time was short. In fact, we, we believe this is the, uh, the time of, of Josiah, the, the 13th year of his reign. Josiah had just begun to reform the nation. But God says that in, in just a very soon time, judgment is coming. A very soon time, the rod of correction, the judgment will be here. And we know that's true. This is, this is written around 627 BC. By 586 BC, uh, Jerusalem will be decimated. The temple will be destroyed. And in and, and just about 40 years, judgment was coming. Now, I, I don't know the time of the Lord's return. I can't say how hasty or, or, or quickly it will happen, but I do promise you this, that God's timing is perfect. And God warned us that the night cometh. And He warned us to watch. And I guarantee you that God will perform his word. It will be accomplished. God's timing is perfect. If God says He will never leave us nor forsake us, guess what? He's not going to leave us nor forsake us. If God says, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out, guess what? Him that cometh to the Lord, He will no wise cast out. His word is true. His word is sure. His word is authoritative. And it is like no man's word. No other power's word for that matter. God accomplishes His word and He does it in His perfect timing. This leads us to the third thing we see here. The word of the Lord is, is personal. The word of the Lord is performed. The word of the Lord is prophetic. 
Verse number 13, And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, What seest thou? And I said, I see, I see a seething pot, and the face thereof is toward the north. A boiling pot being poured out, right? Then verse 14, Then the Lord said unto me, Out of the north an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. For lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord, and they shall come, and they shall set every one his throne after the entering of the gates of Jerusalem, and against all the walls thereof round about, and against all the cities of Judah. Judah. God very clearly tells us that he is, he is, he is prophesying through Jeremiah. He's telling Jeremiah what is going to happen. We, we could say that prophecy is foretelling. Now don't confuse it with forecasting. Maybe you looked at the forecast this morning and chances are uh, the forecasters are about right 50% of the time. But the Lord's, the Lord's prophecy is not forecasting. It's foretelling. If the Lord says it, it's as good as done. It's achieved. It's accomplished. It will happen. And true prophecy, the book of 2 Peter tells us, only comes from God. 2 Peter 1 verse 20. I'll read it for you quickly. True prophecy is, is not something that we work up in ourselves or something that, that we can come up with on our own. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. True prophecy only comes from God. And if you find a word, if a man stands and begins to prophesy something and it contradicts the word of God, then I warn you to stop your ears because it is not true. The Word of God alone prophesies. The Scriptures warn of false prophets, of false teachers, of deceivers. But only in the Word of the Lord do we have prophetic authority. The Word of the Lord is prophetic. God was saying here that judgment was coming and, and no doubt judgment came. It was accomplished. And the same is true in our day. There are many things in the Scriptures, many promises, many prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled, but can I tell you they will be. Including the second coming of Christ. He is coming again. And I wonder, are you ready for it? Finally, I want to point out one last thing. The Word of the Lord is personal. The Word of the Lord is performed. The Word of the Lord is prophetic. But I want you to notice finally that the Word of the Lord is powerful. It's a simple truth. It's a truth that we try to illustrate to the children in sword club week after week and, and maybe to use a screwdriver or a screw gun to drill to, to show that. But, but truly, truly, the Word of the Lord is powerful. You'll notice in verse number 16 that God says this, and I will utter my judgments against them. Touching all their wickedness who have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods and have worshipped the works of their hands. Can I tell you, there is no word like the word of God. For the word of God is quick and powerful. There is no other word on planet earth and in heaven above or, or anything else beneath us or anywhere else in, in, in the sphere of, of, of all things that comes anywhere close to the Word of the Lord. The words of Satan do not create. 
And they cannot judge. They can accuse, but they cannot cast one to hell. Can I tell you, God spoke the world and it was created. No one, nothing else can create simply by speaking. You might might be able to take things that are already created and make something, but you can't simply speak things into existence. God alone does that. God speaks judgment upon the nations. That's what we see here. I will utter my judgments. No other judgment stands in comparison to the judgment of God. Uh, Romans says that vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. John 18, verse 6 says, As soon then as He said unto them, I am, they went backward and fell to the ground. Think of that. The Lord Jesus Christ speaking, saying simply who He was. I am He. And the people fell. But these are the words of judgment that I think I want to point out to you. Matthew chapter 7. Turn there with me. Possibly the saddest words in all the Scripture. Matthew chapter 7. Words that I hope you never hear. Verse number 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Notice this, verse 22, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name doth money wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I hope and pray that those words are not for you. They're powerful words. Words of judgment where where God will literally look the souls of man in the eye and say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Oh, what would it be like to hear those words. I think these are, are, are words of God that are so painful. Powerful words. Words of judgment. Words that will cast people away from the presence of God for all eternity. The Word of the Lord is powerful. That's what He says. I will utter my judgments. That is a judgment. I will profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me. The Word of the Lord. But the great news is that His words don't stop with simply words of judgment. Words of condemnation. But God also speaks And lives are changed. In John chapter 11, verse number 43, you know the story of Lazarus. He died and Mary and Martha were very upset because he was in the grave for four days and and they thought it was impossible. In fact, it was impossible. Your hands and my hands and the technology of this world could not take a man or a woman who had been dead four days and bring them back to life. 
No, no matter how great the NHS or, or the medical uh, societies of this world may ever get, they cannot take a dead person and bring them back to life. But the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God, says this in John chapter 11, verse 43, And when He thus had spoken, He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Those are powerful words. Do you know what happened? Lazarus came forth. If the Lord speaks something, if the Lord says something, it is accomplished. It is, it is achieved. It, it is not hindered. He proved that. He promised that he would, he, would, he would rise again. And guess what? Jesus Christ rose again. Here are some other powerful words in the Scriptures. Mark chapter 2. Maybe, maybe you're familiar with this passage recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The man sick of the palsy comes to Jesus Christ. The four men take off the roof and they let him down into the presence of Jesus Christ. And, and when they could not come nigh unto him, Mark chapter 2 verse 4 for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Verse number 5, I love this. When Jesus saw their faith, He said unto the sick of the palsy, listen to these words, the words of God, powerful words, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Those are words that changed that man's spirit. He was dead in his trespasses of sin. For the wages of sin is death. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That man, that day, lay before Jesus Christ, physically sick of the palsy, but spiritually dead. Not breathing. His heart was not beating. He was unable to move spiritually because he was dead. But Jesus Christ looked at him and said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Simply by the words of Jesus Christ, He was made alive. He was quickened. For the Word of God is quick and powerful. It changes us. I wonder if the Word of the Lord has spoken into your life like that. I wonder this morning, have you experienced Jesus Christ looking at you and saying, Son, Daughter, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Have you been changed? Have you passed from death unto life? Have you been made alive again spiritually by the power of God? Are you a Christian? Are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? The, the, the Pharisees were there and, and they challenged the Word of God. They challenged the Word of Jesus Christ. They said, you can't just say that and make it come true. You can't just speak words, son, thy sins be forgiven thee, and, and people be spiritually changed. Verse number 6, But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether is easier for the sick of the palsy 
Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk? For the Lord Jesus Christ, for God Almighty, both are equally easy. He could, he could make the, 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 the lame to walk. He can make the deaf to hear. He can make the blind to see with the words of his mouth. He creates with the words of his mouth. But he also forgives sins. He also can spiritually quicken and make alive with his words. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose and took up the bed and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. These are the words of God. These are the powerful words of God, the quickening words of God that change lives. Let me share with you one other verse that is also the Word of the Lord. The Word of God recorded for you and for me. The Word of the God preserved for you and for me today. In the book of John, in chapter number 3, in verse number 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Word of the Lord. I wonder, have you heard those words? Have you responded to those words? We read in the book of Acts in chapter number 2 that they first heard the Word of God and then they believed. How shall they hear without a preacher? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you heard these words? And have they changed your life? There's no other word on this planet that changes people spiritually like the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word. We thank Thee that it is real and relevant to us. We thank Thee that we can read it in our own language. We can study it. We can understand it by the help of Thy Holy Spirit, by the guidance. We thank Thee that it still changes lives and that the Word of God is still necessary. And we pray and we ask, we seek Thy face now, that Thy Word would not fall on deaf ears. It would not fall onto the hard ground, to the stony ground, to the thorny ground. Lord, this morning we pray and ask that Thy Word would fall onto the good ground, onto the fallow ground, the soft and tender ground. 
And we pray and we ask for those souls here this morning that we know are lost. They've told us they're lost. We pray and ask that Thou would save their souls today. Help them to understand Thy Word. Help them to accept Thy Word. And change them, O Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen.